right now we're taking the data off the boats and distributing it to those various users. But what we really want to do, and I think 5G is going to enable this, is to send that data back to the boats and enable them to look at that data in real time as well. Because our data is in the open source, all of the boats are the same, they use exactly the same technology. And so we've put the data in the open and they can look at each other's performance and analyze that. But imagine if they could do that live. Welcome to The Restless Ones. I'm Jonathan Strickland. As you may know, I've spent the last 15 years covering technology and learning how it works, demystifying everything from massive parallel processing to advanced robotics and everything in between. Yet, It's the conversations with some of the most forward-thinking leaders, those at the intersection of technology and business, that fascinate me the most. Leaders like Russell Coots, CEO of SailGP. I've had conversations with a lot of fascinating people here on The Restless Ones, but I think this episode marks the first time I have interviewed a knight. Sir Russell has had a colorful history. He has been a sailor practically all of his life. He won his first regatta when he was just nine years old. He competed in the Olympics in 1984. He also has competed in numerous America's Cup sailing competitions, serving as helmsman and skipper and accumulating an impressive winning streak in the process. He led the administration of Team New Zealand, transitioning into a role that required him to work behind the scenes in everything from securing sponsorships to negotiating broadcasting rights. A few years ago, Oracle founder Larry Ellison and Sir Russell collaborated to create a new company called SailGP. That company's mission is to bring competitive sailing into the modern era, leveraging numerous technologies to make the sport accessible and immersive to viewers, while also opening up opportunities for people to pursue the sport itself. As I would learn, the combination of technological innovation and skilled production has brought in new fans to the sport, and that fandom is growing. Russell, I want to welcome you to The Restless Ones. Thank you so much for taking time to join us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Before we get into the nitty gritty, I'm curious if you could tell us about when you first developed your love of sailing. Well, I grew up in, in New Zealand and my family were connected with sailing. My father in particular had a passion for it. So it was a natural thing for us to do. It was one of those sports that I really connected with and love the fact that it's got that inherent connection with nature and and that you're out there and are able to steer your own course, so to speak. So that freedom of being out there in the environment, I think really appealed to me. I'm curious, what sort of role did tech play early on in your sailing career? Because obviously we're in an unprecedented era today where technology can help shape the design of boats as well as the operation of them. But when you started out, did you have those sorts of tools or anything comparable to measure things like boats' performance? Well, I used to definitely look at foil shapes and sail shapes and dream up all kinds of theories as to why something might be faster. Also, the surface finish on the on the boat and even the balance of the boat. I was intrigued by all of that, you know, because when you get on a sailboat for the first time and you realise that you're powered by nature, you're powered by the wind, that can be quite intimidating at first and until you really 
you know, start to get a feel for it. So from a very young age, I was pretty interested in that. And I, I did do a lot of sketches on various ideas and so forth, but they probably didn't have a lot of foundation in terms of science or technology. I imagine that the evolution of technology, where now you're able to use various sensors and devices to measure boat performance, it must be an absolute quantum leap ahead of where you were in the sense of being able to iterate and to innovate. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you go back and you look at the early origins of yacht design, it used to be probably more of an art than a science, although the early designers, probably by the trial and error processes, and of course, historically, it was vitally important to business and trade. You know, the fastest boats used to get the business. So there were lots of secrets involved, both in terms of design and also weather currents and, and navigation. If you think back to the early evolution of ocean crossing vessels and so forth, a lot of the structural designs made their way into the aircraft industry in later years. So it was highly competitive. Then along came the digital era with programs that allowed one to not only measure the influences of the flow, either of the air or the water, but also get information, including visualisation of what was actually going on. And as the computers became more and more powerful, the codes were more complex and more accurately approximate or simulate the performance and the conditions. So nowadays, you can, you know, in terms of yacht design, you can typically modify something about that design and instantly see where it improves it and conversely where it might compromise certain aspects of the performance. Let's talk about the birth of SailGP. Can you tell us about the company and its mission and how important is this work to you? Well, before the age of high-speed boats, and I'm referring to the recent hydrofoiling boats that we see today, it probably wasn't the product to make sailing an exciting sport to watch on broadcast. You know, of course, the sailing aficionados out there might disagree with me here, but to the broader sports fan, sailing was was too slow to watch and, and the races were difficult to understand. And, you know, sometimes the, those races would take hours to complete and were very hard to follow. And then along came the, the foiling generation and all of a sudden you had this extreme high-speed sport and coupled with that the new broadcast graphics that defined the field of play and identified who was in front and behind and as well as you know sort of produce other insights like the speed of the boats and the precise direction they were sailing who was ahead and behind and so forth so you move the clock forward to today where we recently had an average viewership here in the US on CBS of just over 1.6 million viewers for our event in Saint-Tropez. And it's clearly now developed into a sport that can and is beginning to appeal to a wider wider audience. So for me, I guess, you know, to take the sport that I loved and and grew up with and loved competing in and so forth and package it into a more marketable, more watchable format that's creating the chance to really grow it, well, that's, of course, greatly, you know, appealing to me and it's exciting to be part of this. Yeah, I love that this is a case where technology has created accessibility. Yeah, well, well, you know, if you look at those viewership figures, we had, as I said, just over 1.6 million in the US and I think 13.6 million worldwide. Well, 
clearly they're not all boating enthusiasts, you know. It's definitely a much more interesting sport to watch. And, you know, I guess that's one of the challenges that we've got is, is that people have an image of, of sailing. And when they look at Sail GP, they invariably get surprised and say, wow, I didn't realise it was like this or quite like this, you know. So <laughs> we, get that, we pretty much get that reaction every time we put an event on in a new country. Conventional thinking says you have to pay more to get more. I want the world. But T-Mobile for Business uses unconventional thinking to deliver premium benefits for better ROI. From customized 5G solutions to 360 support, we help you reach your business goals right now. I want it now. Innovating to improve business today and tomorrow. That's unconventional thinking from T-Mobile for Business. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Speaking of how people view sailing, you know, what they think of with sailing, I imagine a lot of folks think of it as an environmentally friendly sport. I mean, it's wind powered after all. And Sail GP has emphasized sustainability as one of the company's values. Clearly, the technology is aligned with that goal, but I'm curious how this plays into Sail GP's business strategy. How does that strategy combined with the tech? Sail GP relies upon work toward Sail GP emphasizing sustainability. Well, I, I guess from a financial perspective, creating a sustainable business model is a big focus, and the costs and revenues are clearly defined. But what we've found in terms of becoming more sustainable from an environmental perspective is that it's not necessarily an additional cost when you really focus on becoming more sustainable. And I'll give you some examples. When we were looking at broadcast and we used to send about 55 people around the, the world to our events each time we ran an event. And we sort of figured that let's try and do that and create a re remote production because, you know, essentially used to have the um, broadcast facilities on site and a lot of the people used to create the various functions that you need for a broadcast from their containers on site. And so we started to think, well, how can we do that where we're not flying all these people around the world and we're doing it from, you know, a studio somewhere else in the world? Clearly that would be a lot cheaper. We could also imagine it being more efficient. And, of course, you know, there were some pros and cons to that second part. But we were the first to try it and what we found was not only did it save a lot on our carbon footprint, but it saved a lot of costs as well. And, and in actual fact, you know, having the broadcast team together in the one entity proved to be somewhat of an advantage as well. And now the team is scattered around the world and they umpire, they make decisions on our racing almost instantaneously using all the data that's available to them. And there's lots of examples that we've set out to do that. We're very proud of our achievements thus far. We've, we've still got a long way to go because eventually we want to make even a greater dent in our carbon footprint. But yeah, I, I think it's about approaching it with the right attitude. Well, and I think it's an astounding achievement to be able to do a live television broadcast where the production is happening across the globe from where the actual event is happening. Obviously, Sail GP holds races all over the world. And for your production team to be in a centralized location and to be able to 
take in live feeds from various sources and produce it in real time for broadcast. And the end viewer may have no understanding of the processes that have to happen for that to work. It speaks to our incredible evolution of technology where we've got the level of connectivity that allows for this kind of process that we're able to move data that effectively around the world and put it together and package it in a way that is digestible and entertaining to the end audience. I think that's right. Actually, I I think we may have been the first sports entity to not have our umpires on site, for example, not only our broadcast, but our race management team and umpires to not have them on site. We're developing a system now where our race turning marks that are, of course, located in various places around a harbour, you know, because we race on inner city harbours, they are already, you know, positioned remotely, so our race management team does not have to be on site. Currently, we anchor those marks, so we tow them into position, and then they have an anchoring system on board where they anchor, and they have a very accurate GPS system that locates the position to within one inch or, you know, 25 millimetres. But we are moving towards a robotic system with electric motors, so using clean energy, they'll be able to be positioned the same way, but they won't need to be towed into position, they won't need to anchor, and they'll be able to be moved much more efficiently if there's a wind change or if the racing is not running to time and we we need to shorten the course slightly or whatever we need to do. That'll be a much more efficient system that'll be able to be driven by our remote race management team. It's an amazing system where they have access to all of the data, including such things as the boat speeds, the rudder angles, the video images, the camera angles, all the different camera angles on the boats, and all of the audio coming off the boats as well, so the conversations that the crew is having. So when there's an incident that they use that same, you know, very sophisticated GPS positioning system that tracks the position of the boats to within one inch, and they can replay the, that incident, use all that information to judge any rule infractions with much greater accuracy than what they could have, ever could have, by watching the racing live. The whole world has moved on and you know, taken tremendous strides in the last even five years, I think. Well, and for all of this to even be possible, the ability to use things like wireless connectivity, whether you're talking about 5G or you're talking about beaming to satellite, if you don't have those capabilities, then this doesn't work because this is definitely one of those cases where being tethered by a cable is just not an option. To that end, can you talk a little bit about the use of 5G within SailGP's events? Yeah, well, as you've correctly said, we're completely on a wireless system. So each boat has around 800 sensors, and we have nine boats racing in our championship right now. So 800 sensors that create about 30,000 data outputs per second. And that'll get sent up to the Oracle Cloud and then get sent out to our various users, be that, as I've said, race management, our data analytics team, maintenance team, the team coaches, our umpiring and broadcast teams, as I said, based in our London studio, or our line FX graphics team that's also based in London. So that all uh, gets created there. And if you take San Francisco and Chicago as an example, we tested a T-Mobile 5G network in San Francisco and found that it was incredibly fast. I think about a third faster than those systems. So that was really a game changer for us. 
and you know, allowed us to send a lot more you know, information essentially from the boats. I mean, we have some some pretty wild plans in the future as well, you know, so this is really only the start of it. Russell, I can't tell you how excited that makes me because you have described an implementation that relies heavily on this high-speed, high-broadband wireless connectivity. And it's a specific one where you're looking at generating and then analyzing thousands and thousands of data points simultaneously in different use cases Everything from team managers figuring out what to do next to the umpires who are monitoring to make certain that everyone is abiding by the rules to broadcast who are putting this together so that they can create a package for the end consumer, even potentially to boat manufacturers who are going to look at the data returns and wonder where can we get another boost in performance from our designs. All of these things are capable because of this convergence of sensor technology, the wireless connectivity, and the fact that you've designed this incredible company around bringing sailing to more people. And it's, to me, the fascinating thing is that that mission necessitated all of these choices so that you could achieve your mission. But on top of that, It lays out a blueprint that other organizations can look at and say, we can take advantage of this, even if they have nothing remotely to do with sport. They take a look at this approach and they say, imagine applying this to our business. Oh, yes. I think the possibility is incredible. You know, what we found with 5G, you know, as I said, I think it was tested something like 35% faster than our previous systems, so we had traditional LTE and I think it was a 2.5 gigahertz frequency radio system. And the throughput of 5G is, of course, much larger, which is going to open up quite a few different possibilities. Not only was it delivering the current product, if you like, to all of these different facets in a much more efficient way, but we can now start to think about other things that we couldn't achieve before. So different types of cameras, you know, where we were restricted before as to what sort of cameras we could use in a live sense so we can really take the fan onto the boat, start to give the fan the exact same vision as what the driver might be seeing. You know, ultimately, right now, we're taking the data off the boats and distributing it to those various users. But what we really want to do, and I think 5G is going to enable this, is to then send that data back to the boats and enable them to look at that data in real time as well. And because our data is in the open source, all of the boats are the same. They use exactly the same technology. And so we've put the data in the open and they can look at each other's performance and analyse that. But imagine if they could do that live. You know, I think that would be really super cool. And, of course, that actually produces a better racing product for us because new teams can come in, they can access that data, they can see what the top, how the top teams are operating and become competitive very, very fast. And I think that's what's drawing the fans to Sail GP is the quality of the racing, the closeness of the racing, the fact that you get so many lead changes and passing and, you know, the jeopardy of actually not knowing who's going to win beforehand. You might have the favourites, but it really, you know, we've had 
I think, five different teams winning events now out of the nine. And clearly that the fact that the data is in the open source and it's able to be so efficiently used by the various stakeholders is a big contributing factor. Well, Russell, I have to say that I'm really excited about the future of SailGP and especially seeing how SailGP is able to exploit technology to even greater extent. I imagine that it won't be long before I could put on, say, a VR headset and look into a 360-degree camera and look around as if I were on the boat myself. Not only will you be able to do that, but you'll be able to race against the real boats in the real race as a virtual competitor. Now, the real boats may not be able to see the virtual competitors, but the virtual competitors will be able to see the real boats. So I think that is the next step in true sports engagement, or one of the next steps, is that you can really become immersed in it. And for a racing fan to be able to compete against the best on equal terms, albeit in the virtual space, I think, you know, will be incredible. Oh, I, I love that idea. Before I could let Sir Russell go, I had to ask him one more thing. I'm curious, Russell, what do you think of when you hear the term restless one? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I guess it would be somebody who isn't necessarily content with the conventional ways of, of, of doing things. Someone who is perhaps looking for new innovations or new ways to consider a problem and you know, open to a new way of of doing things to create, you know, the best solutions. Excellent. It sounds a bit like yourself. Russell, thank you again for taking time to be on our show. It has been a pleasure to have you on. I could talk to you for hours about sailing and tech, but I know you're a busy man. So thanks for, for being our guest today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Sir Russell's insight into the importance of building the right team, not necessarily a team that has just one voice, really was fascinating. Yes, it is of critical importance for everyone to understand the company's mission and goals, but it's equally vital that you have a spectrum of perspectives so that you can identify the best path forward to pursue that mission. As we've heard numerous times on this show, communication is key. And finding the right people to work toward your goals should be of the highest priority. I was also fascinated with SailGP's use of technology, leveraging hundreds of sensors to gather thousands of data points on how a boat performs in a race has more uses than I anticipated. In my mind, I had imagined it being useful for broadcast packages and maybe to inform teams about what was working best. I hadn't considered the fact that umpires who might be on the opposite side of the world would be able to access data to keep an eye on races and ensure that all are abiding by the rules. The power of data is undeniable, and when paired with high-speed connectivity, it creates unprecedented opportunities. And I really am excited to see where things progress from here, not just with SailGP, which is an amazing case study for the power of wireless connectivity and the potential of the Internet of Things, but also for businesses across all industries as they devise strategies to take advantage of today's technological capabilities. We've had a lot of common threads throughout this season of The Restless Ones, and one of the big ones is that companies in every industry are finding new approaches toward exploiting technology to become more efficient and competitive in their respective fields. 
Thanks again to Sir Russell for his time, and thank you for listening to The Restless Ones. This episode concludes Season 3, and I want to thank T-Mobile for Business for the opportunity to speak with some incredible thought leaders and innovators this season. Be sure to explore our past episodes, as each one has within it unique insights. This has been Jonathan Strickland, signing off until next time. T-Mobile for Business knows companies want more than a one-size-fits-all approach to support. I want the world. So we provide 360 support customized to your business. From discovery through post-deployment, you'll get a dedicated account team and expertise from solutions engineers and industry advisors already right now. I want it now. 360 support that's customized for your success. That's unconventional thinking from T-Mobile for Business. 